Hello, and welcome back to the Financial Fitness Forum. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Kushiban, who is currently an incoming junior at Rutgers University and is also interning at Bank of America. Kushi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Great, great, great. Can you tell me um, about your experience interning at Bank of America? What are like some of the key lessons you've learned so far and how has it influenced your perception of the finance industry? Yeah, so I think that interning at Bank of America has really been a great time. I'm a sophomore, so I'm interning in Charlotte because the only two places that you could go as a sophomore would be Dallas or Charlotte. So I was lucky enough to get Charlotte and I've been here for the past 10 weeks now. And I think that's been a great learning experience. It's my first like real corporate job. So I was able to learn a lot of stuff on the job, you know, more than technical skills. I was able to learn a lot of soft skills and what kind of your managers are looking for and how to be a good team player. So I think that that was really cool. Um, I think something that I really learned was how to be, I want to say like adaptable to what your peers need and not just your manager, but kind of making sure that you're a value add to your team while knowing nothing. So I think something really important is that if you don't know something, definitely don't close yourself off. Show that you, you know, are willing to learn or are willing to put in that extra time to kind of learn the skill that they want you to use, like, you know, in a task or in a project. Um, definitely. I think the first thing that you should do when you join a team is kind of ask your team members, ask your manager how you can be of value because, you know, this may be your first, you know, this as an intern, it's your first day, but for everybody else working on the team, it's like their 1000th day. It's like a normal day for them. And, you know, you kind of want to make sure that you're kind of giving them benefit rather than making yourself more of a nuisance. So I think that that was something really important that um, I learned is something to be an asset for other people rather than just learning on what you can gain for yourself, if that makes sense. Um, and in terms of the finance industry, I think I learned about how much goes into it. You kind of, I think me coming into college, I thought that finance was all about like the four front office roles and like, you know, the world only operates on that. But I think that working on kind of more of the back end side of it this year, I learned that there's a lot more that goes into a bank and a lot more that is important than just the forefront office role. So I think that it's really important, you know, if you're coming into the finance industry, then to explore more than, you know, what's right in front of you and to explore kind of every single role before, you know, diving in and saying that you want to do like investment banking or equity research or something like that. How did you learn that you wanted or didn't want to do IB and um, like anything? Like, how did you know what you wanted to do? Um, I think a lot of it was definitely talking to people. You don't really... There's only so much that you can learn from like a breaking into Wall Street guide or something from an article. So I think that talking to as many people as possible, whether that's incoming interns, you know, upperclassmen, people who have been in the industry for a while now, kind of picking and choosing what I like and what I didn't like. I definitely like the more mathematical side, the more like structured finance side of like those front office roles. But I think that something specifically like when it comes to IBs, the hours, I think that like at first, I thought it was really selfish to be like, oh, I kind of want more of a work-life balance. But as you kind of get more towards the end of your college career and you're realizing that like corporate life is what the rest of your life is going to look like, I think it's okay to be selfish about those kind of things. And I think that realizing that like, yeah, like you obviously want to work hard when you're in your 20s, but you kind of want to maintain those relationships because I think that like something that college taught me is that life is nothing without like your friends and the relationships that you make along along the way because like you want to share your experiences with people and not just yourself because like in the weirdest way possible you live with yourself every day so like I think like you can like 
enjoy and have more fun and be more free when you're with other people who make you better other people who you enjoy your time with so like that is something that I really wanted to look for um in you know my future career and honestly I think I'm still like trying to figure out what I is the best fit for me and what I kind of want to do but I think that finance while not being like major front office still like you know S&T and all those stuff but um just not something that kind of takes your life away and kind of takes your 20s away because that's something that's very important as much as people try to like say it's not I think that it really is how are you finding the people you want to share your life with is it through college or and like how do you maintain those connections throughout um your time away like for example you're um thousands of or hundreds of miles away from home like how are you maintaining your connections um so I think that like just honestly like reaching out like having no shame is something that is important when it comes to relationships because you can't sit there thinking like oh they haven't like reached out to me but I want to talk to them just like do it I think that that's a mentality that's like very much like needed in life whether it's like with relationships or with like professionalism or whatever like if you want to do something just do it you shouldn't wait for anyone else to give you the green light or anything else and I think that also just you like I think that embarrassment and comfortability or however you say it's like a state of mind so like you know like not you don't have to be like oh I'm not comfortable enough with them for me to like randomly text them and ask them how they're doing like you can just text them and on the other end like they won't be weirded out that someone's reach out, reaching out to them like they'll just you know be happy and if they don't want to reach out that's on them but I think that the first step on your side is you know you always just want to reach out if you want to do something and I think that you know FaceTiming and just like you know what I mean like everybody's like addicted yeah. to their phones these days so huh. you can just you know a text is like really simple yeah, yeah. So. does that range from anywhere between like your closest friends all the way up to like professional clients type thing um, yeah, I think that definitely like when it comes to professional clients, it's a lot more different. Like I, if I have like a call with someone and it goes well, I keep them updated. I'm like, you know, if it a month or two later, I'll, or I'll, I'll keep in touch within like a few weeks. I'll let them know what I've done so far. And then when I get, when I want to like hop on another call with them, I'll email them. I'll be like, Hey, like, you know, a lot of times I use, I guess like holidays or like summer as an excuse. I say like, hi, happy holidays. Like in the last time we talked I was able to do this I was wondering like how what you've been up to and if we could have another call things like that so a little bit of the same but definitely on a more professional end you don't want to just randomly text them and be like hey like what's up like miss you like you can't do that but you can definitely do that for a close friend but kind of if you tweak it in a into a professional way I think that that's definitely a good way to maintain connections because um these professional people have of so many things going on in their day like whether they're an analyst whether they're a VP that like even if you have a good call with them there's only so much that they can remember you just because of the sheer amount of things that they have to do you know their personal life their professional life so definitely you're not too naggy if you keep on reaching out and if you like keep on like you know being you know just in their minds because I think that they definitely like you know they were in your position once so if they definitely understand that. And, you know, if you have some sort of other warm connection with them, like you went to the same high school with them, you play the same sport as them, you went to the same college as them, they definitely are very inclined to help you. You just have to, like, remind them that you exist. Mm -hmm. So you always, uh, let's say when you're connecting with someone, you always talk to them about how you are how you have similarities? Um, I think that a lot of times I like to bring it up in a call. Like, if, you know, they were part of, like, the same club as me, if they went to the same high school as me, 
I'm like, oh, like I noticed that you did this. And I actually asked them a question. Like I asked them like what they were able to take from that experience or something else. But, you know, a lot of the times that when you send over your resume with an email, they'll scan at it. And a lot of times they write back like, oh, no way. Like I did this too. Like the other day I emailed some girl and I didn't even know, but she looked at my resume and she saw that I played field hockey at Montgomery and she emailed me back after like setting up a call with me. She was like, oh my God, no way. Like I had no idea that you played field hockey like in Montgomery me too and then we started talking about like our old coach and about life and I think that you know it's a really easy way because like people are still humans on the other end you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I think yeah it's easy to strike a conversation that way I see so how do you set up a call and what is a call exactly yeah so it's basically just um the way I set up a call I usually just have like an email format where I introduce myself I go like hi my name is Cushy and I'm currently you know rising junior at um, Rutgers. I'm studying finance and business analytics, and I'm reaching out because I'm really interested at you know whatever role they're in. Like, or I'm really interested, you know, if they did a specific deal, if they were on a specific project, I'd be like, I was really interested in this project, or I'm really interested on this career path, and I would love to learn more about experiences. And then I would be like, Would you be free? I'm really you know flexible with your schedule, and then I attach my resume. And then on these calls, it's honestly just like. A thing where I can learn more about them and their experiences just to figure out like what I want to do and what you know their job is like so if I have a call with someone who is an SNT you know I ask them what their you know life journey looked like college journey looked like what led them to SNT why they picked you know sales or trading you know when they were deciding which one to pick from and what about their job they like what about their job they don't like kind of just to like put together that puzzle of do I want to do this? Does this seem interesting? And, you know, like, do, do I have the strengths to excel at this kind of, kind of job? Do I not mm-hmm. kind of like it? If that makes sense. Just, you know, like yeah, yeah. trying to understand what they do and trying to see if it's a good fit for me in the future. That's cool. That's interesting, actually. So how do you find these people, their emails, their contact information and um, like the deals they've done? Honestly, LinkedIn, you have to be a little bit of a stalker to like get all the information, which is um weird but they appreciate it like no one is ever like weirded out by like you being like oh like I noticed that you did this like I think they're more appreciative of the fact that you did your research and the fact that you care enough to kind of like look at information that you could probably ask them about so what I do is that I first I look you know for people who went to Rutgers because I think that if you go to Rutgers and you're in a certain job industry like they are more likely to respond just because of that warm connection um, and then look through their LinkedIn. There's like a few websites where you can like put in people's LinkedIn's and then they auto generate their um, work email based off of that. I don't remember oh, wow. them off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, past that, like if you just look on like a company website, um, you can see if there's like recent deals. A lot of times, like I ask them like stuff with the markets, like a lot of, the- I asked this one girl about you know regional banking crisis and stuff like that and she actually told me about like how first republic and bank of america were always like competing firms because of their interest rates stuff like that so you can kind of then use that information to go into another call and you know like because you know that bank of america and first republic were kind of like competing on a call and then if you see someone who works in you know financial institution groups you can kind of ask them if they worked on that deal so again it's kind of just like adjusting the lines and finding out as much information as you can to like get more information later so it's a lot of like a building block kind of project and a lot of times too if you're talking to like a VP or someone else they'll also put in their experiences on LinkedIn about different deals they worked on or stuff like that so 
just a lot of like analyzing, looking, trying to like grasp as much information as possible. Yeah. So is this how, is this process how you got your Bank of America internship or how did that happen? So my Bank of America internship was actually a little differently. If I'm being honest, I didn't really know about like networking and kind of like gaining connections to the professional world until early my sophomore year. Um, my The way I got Bank of America is my freshman year, early second semester, like I want to say around February, I applied to this job through like Handshake. They reached out to me and it was for this diversity program called Market Makers and FinTech. So I applied to that and I got a higher view, which is just basically um, an automated one side interview where they like take a video of you answering questions that they put up on the screen mm-hmm. and um I was able to do well in the higher view and then they invited me to this forum for three days in Charlotte um hosted by Bank of America and they had a conference where they had a bunch of people come talk to us and we did a lot of networking and we kind of just learned more about how the business works and then a week or two after this is around like May time now I forgot the timeline but I went to Charlotte um in April and then I had a last round of interviews on in May I want to say like mid-May and it was two back-to-back phone calls 30 minutes each and then yeah after that I got the call a week later and I was able to get the job so not really through networking but a little bit because I went to like this conference where I was able to network and talk to a lot of people and get my name out so kind of oh wow so now that you have Bank of America, I think the last time we talked, you also said something like um, you'll have this 10-week internship, then you'll have one next year, you'll probably get a return offer. So what is the motivation to gathering more networking or networks like now? Um, I think it has like a lot to do with like the fact that you're so young and you don't really know what you want to do like I think that like uh, also like I was speaking from like a very privileged point of view where I was just like you know what I mean like if yeah. you do well like you can definitely get a return but like there's always like you're on un- you don't know always so like it's it's like pretty much like it always is guaranteed when you have a job at a big firm but like you never are too sure so I think that that's one part of it and I think the second part of it is that like again you're so young that you just simply don't know the amount of like different jobs there are you know in a bank out of a bank you know the type of like there's everything is evolving so quickly that there's like a hundred new opportunities that will arise and a hundred new different jobs so I think that kind of like casting a wide net like understanding what there is past your own role you know whether you have a secure job or not it's something very important especially because your interests will change you know like I'm not even 20 years old so I definitely don't know what I want to do long term so kind of just like building those relationships like very early on showing your interest very early on is something very important kind of just ensuring that you're not closing yourself off no matter what position you are in yeah I see what you're talking about you always want to have options open right yeah so when did you know that you wanted to do finance um I think that for me it was personally a little bit too late I realized that I wanted to do finance like my freshman summer so after my freshman year Mm -hmm. um I was taking a bunch of classes my freshman year where like that every college kid is supposed to like calc macro micro like all those things and I kind of realized that I really like the math aspect of it I liked looking at the markets I liked seeing how the economy affected things and like kind of just understanding how the world worked in that way 
And I just soon after realized that's exactly what finance is. Like you look at the economy, you use math. It's kind of like a lot of str- like strategic thinking, stuff like that. So kind of a very natural flow of things, nothing like too crazy, but yeah. So just, and then I like reading the news, you know, I like things like the things that interested me, like, you know, going from zero interest rates to like the Fed raising rates all the time, like stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, just pretty easy to understand that that's what I wanted to do. That's sick. So do you read like um, primarily only the business section of the, of the news? No, I think I read like, I want to say like, not all of it, but like, you know what I mean? Like if it's stuff that that's not business, I necessarily won't read the articles, but I still like know what's going on. So like, the if it's like yeah, so like whatever, like I don't, was it like sports and stuff like Messi joining the Miami team, stuff like that. Like I won't, I don't care enough to like click on the article, but like I'll definitely just like breeze past it because it's still like current news and I like just knowing what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. So do you, what's like your favorite app to read the news on? Um, probably the Wall Street Journal. I think that it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a favorite. I think that like all of them, like, just like are the same to me, but, um, Wall Street Journal, just because I never really had access to it before college started. So like mm-hmm. I used to read like CNN and stuff in high school, but because I have access to Wall Street Journal because of Rutgers and they give us a free membership or whatever it's nice to read that and it's just what I gravitate to I also just like they have dark mode and it's easy (laughs) to like look through everything and they have like a nice font it's like there's like no real reason so do you use the Wall Street Journal the most I'm assuming yeah probably I mean I I like switch like it I really don't have like a oh I need to read from here or there like if I'm if like the New York Times gives me gives me like a notification on something happening, like I'll read that. Like if the Wall Street Journal gives me notification, I'll read that. There's uh, nothing really, you know. Yeah, it's good to have multiple news sources, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about reading, is there any books you'd recommend about reading? Um, I personally am not like a big like finance book person. I think that like, you know, I. I definitely like should but I just don't I think that if I really need something to read I'll just read like a nice like fiction book or something like or like a classic I don't have like an inkling but I know there are some books like there's the richest man in Babylon um there's another one I'm not really sure but like I I'm not a finance book person I think that it's still important to like keep like your professional goals and like your personal life like separate Mm -hmm. so apart from your interest in math are there any specific areas in finance you found like fascinating and interesting and have you had the opportunity to explore those areas during your internship um doesn't have to be your internship. let me think about it yeah take your time other things in math like i mean like yes i think that like valuating and i guess it is kind of math but just like analyzing a company um like seeing what they need understanding balance sheets it's all kind of math but like more accounting I guess um but that stuff is kind of interesting kind of just like you can really read a health of a company based off of their numbers and what you can see what you can't see again like the economy that looking at um yeah just reading about the markets reading about the economy that stuff is pretty interesting in my internship 
Um, I don't think I was able to gain or like find out what else I like about finance through my internship, but but yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Like understanding mm -hmm. what a company's health, looking at the markets, looking at the economy. I think that stuff's pretty interesting. That's cool. Yeah, that is interesting. Do you have any interest in fintech and have you been um doing anything with fintech at all? Um, I definitely think that fintech is interesting. I personally haven't had like a chance to like get too much into it. I don't if that makes sense, but I I like to read about it and I like to like learn like I don't know like what Blackstone Blackrock is doing. Like it's that stuff is interesting. Um nothing much more than that really. Talking about personal finance, do you invest in anything? Um not really individual stocks. I honestly leave that stuff up to my dad because he I as much as I like to read about the news, I definitely don't know like the strategy when it comes to investing. So I do invest, but I just kind of listen to what my dad tells me to do specifically. Huh. But I, you know, I invest in the S&P. I think that that's mm -hmm. like a pretty basic one, though, because, you know, like everybody tells you to invest in the S&P. But um, I do want to get more into investing. I think that it's cool. Um, kind of like, again, like it, it, it's it's just cool, like watching like, yeah. you know, news about some company happen and the next day, like its stocks are like doing insanely well. So I think that that stuff is cool. But I don't really have good strategy yet on what to invest and what not to invest. So no, but pending yes. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It is very interesting to like, if you're going to invest in a stock, right, it gives you kind of an excuse to read up on um, the businesses, the news, and it is really interesting, really kind of motivates you to read more, I feel. So what um, app do you invest through? Vanguard? Um, Robinhood, anything that you like, like in particular for investing in the S and P? Um, honestly, I I use my Merrill Lynch app. Like I don't. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Um, good. I have. I don't know. No, nothing specific. Again, I leave my dad up to those things. I seriously huh. like. I I need to be more in touch with my personal finance. Like I, I understand it, but I don't. Um do much with it also like the fact that I kind of hate investing a little bit because I like keep my money to spend on it right now um especially like having my first corporate job I I like don't really pay attention to it that much but I I want to say Vanguard is a good one I I really don't know mm -hmm. well the pending yes will turn into a yes soon so. yeah yeah I'll let you know later <laughs> so what are some clubs that you do on campus at Rutgers that are related to finance yeah, so on campus related to finance, I'm part of LIBOR. I think that's a big one that um a lot of people join. It's Little Investment Bank of Rutgers. And they have like a lot of like talks, not only like a bunch of companies come, like I know UBS came, Lloyd's came, um, stuff like that. But past that they also have like workshops, which have been really interesting. That they had they had one that was like technical if you want to like go into like IB asset management, anything like that. Um, they have like a technical workshop where they go over accounting principles, valuation models, stuff like that. Um, they also do like behavioral mock interview stuff. So that's been really cool. Um, another one that I'm a part of, it's not really finance related, but I'm a part of DSP on campus. I think that that's been a super big help. There's a lot of people involved on there who like, you know, have a lot of 
information not only about finance but about just like the world and other majors so it's been really like a great way to like learn a lot about the corporate world what else um honestly a lot of the club I'm part of are not really finance focused um just because um like there's things like road to wall street endowment smf that i was too late into applying to just because i didn't know that i wanted to be in a finance major uh -huh. um so like my sophomore year when a lot of things those things were closed but that's open if you want to do finance stuff um apart from finance i'm a part of form which is fashion organization of, re of retail and marketing that's been really fun um you get to learn like a lot more about the fashion industry and it's like intersection with the corporate world um what else i did a blueprint product management fellowship um we could kind of like go through the um entire like life cycle of building a product work with like ui ux designers kind of get that feel of like what it would be to be to be a product manager what else am i involved in god forgetting but yeah i think that those are pretty good options if you want to get involved on campus and i think that it's really important like to have a good balance like I think that RBS is like very finance driven, but like if you join like one or two finance clubs and then do the rest that are according to like what you're passionate about, like I think that that's really important. Mm -hmm. So if someone wants to join some of these clubs on campus, how do they join them? Like for example, DSP. Yeah, so for DSP, um, you, it's a whole recruitment process, um, kind of like how frats and sororities do it, but a little differently because you can be a part of a social and a business frat at the same time so it's an entire week of recruitment we have I want to say right now it's a tentative date but it's the week of the 11th um you have an info session a community service day a professional night and a speed networking night where you kind of kind of just talk to a lot of brothers and learn more about what we do just kind of get a feel for if this is something that's right for you um and then they have a second week closed week where it's just invite only and then after that um you know you can get in hopefully um but the thing is for freshmen you have to have an official gpa to be able to register so unfortunately freshman first semesters can't rush but it's still open for sophomores and juniors and then your second semester freshmen can rush and, but it's like really i think important um to come out even if you're a freshman and you can't rush because it's good to get your name out it's the same thing with networking i think that like the more people that know your name, the better, like, you know, you want to also just see if it's something right for you. Like, I think that if you plan on joining it, your freshman second semester, and then you're like, oh, like these people, like, I don't think I could get along with them. Like, and I came to recruitment, but I should have gone to PCT or done a social or something else. So I think that it's super important to like, come out, see if you like it. Just like that. In terms of other clubs, I know that Road to Wall Street you join your freshman second semester. I think there's a whole process with that. I'm not too familiar with it, but you should, you know, network with other people who are in Road to Wall Street. And then you can kind of, there's an application, there's a first round, there's a second round. Um, and then, yeah, you're in and then you can take a class. And then once you're in, you take a class your sophomore year, um, just to learn more about finance and stuff like that. So I think that answers your question, but let me know if I missed anything. No, that's great. Um, is there a, a minimum GPA to rush for GSP or does it just have to be a GPA? Um, there's a minimum, but it's 2.5. So not like, you know, not mm -hmm, not I too much of a requirement, just like a if you if you pass your first semester, you'll like definitely be able to rush. Yeah. <laughs> so talking about this, 
you know, the sense of network that you make, right, going into banking, who's that one person you've met that's really like floored you, whether it's an associate working at the bank, like an older person or a fellow intern, what about this person was amazing and why was it great to be able to work with them? Wait, I'm not sure if I understood your question. Could you repeat that? Oh, yeah, I, I can repeat. Like, is there anyone that's really helped you like throughout the entire networking process for like the course of years or even months? Yeah, I think that there's a few people that have been really helpful. Um, I think that um, it's honestly just like up to you who like you are able to match with. I think that's something that's really important is to always be enthusiastic. You know, even if you like don't care, even if you like seriously just don't want to like be there, if you're super tired, if it's been a long day, if it's super early in the morning, like that doesn't matter when it comes to networking. I think that it's super important to show that you're enthusiastic, show that you're willing to learn, show that you're interested in whatever they say, because they're the ones that's taking taking their time out of their day, out of their very busy days to like kind of interact with you and kind of help you and figure out your like life goals. So I think that that's something really important to keep in mind. And I think that some people that have helped me, their characteristics, I think that um, their enthusiasm too is something that has been like really, really reassuring. I think that a few times I've gotten on the phone and it's not that they're not, um, I guess, like wanting to help. It's just the fact that if they're a little calmer, I feel like they don't want to be bothered as much. So I don't, I reach out a few times, but I don't really use them as like a direct mentor. Um, Just someone who's definitely like, open I think that you have to make sure that they're willing to help you can't just like kind of put your problems on them like you have to like make sure that they're like oh like yeah like reach out whenever you want and if you reach out again like they want to help you out you kind of have to get that indication and then like pass that just like I think it's a lot on you because for them it's just you know some like a little bit of work if that makes sense or I don't know how I'm trying to frame it but like it's um it's a lot more dependent on you to kind of like bring out that like enthusiastic willing to help side of them than for them to just be willing to help anyone because I think that they get Mm -hmm. you know a lot of different emails a lot of different calls and you kind of want to be that person to stand out that they're like you know when it comes to like an interview round or whatever I don't I'm not really sure how like helping out goes in terms of the other side but like I'm pretty sure like you know like if you want to be the one that sticks out in their mind over all those other people um and so that's kind of up to you and that kind of like prompts like a trigger response in them to want to help you out and be willing I see so your tone is like really important in the way you talk to these people yeah I think that that's Mm -hmm. yeah you want to definitely be like very excited not like obviously you want to be genuine you want to like not show that you're like making fun of them but just like sound excited sound ready to learn sound eager sound like you have like a work ethic have a drive you know sound smart just like but not trying too hard which I know like sounds actually ridiculous to try to like get down but I think that it's just like learn how to carry yourself and kind of learn how to like show your personality through the phone because I think that a lot of these days something that's also really important is like not showing because everybody can be smart I think that it's like the fact that you're smart as well as you know being charismatic is something that's also really important and something that's a client facing role so just Mm -hmm. showing that you can be charismatic but also be smart and you know be willing to learn all at the same time yeah I see you just gotta like operate in that gray area between being too nice and then coming off like boring or forgettable yeah yeah. exactly 
So I'm so interested in this idea of just reaching out to people, right? So do you, do you just reach out to anyone and everyone with like, you don't really need a reason to do so kind of just networking? Yeah, I think that it's honestly just like the same way that I think that you reached out to me at first, just like wanting to understand more about how anything works, you know, obviously don't like pester them if they don't answer to you because they're very busy people and definitely don't email like every single person at one firm because they do talk to their friends. They're going to be like, oh, did you get this email? And then everybody on the floor is going to be like, yeah, like I got a random email from this girl. So like definitely don't do that because you don't want to seem like you're just like mass emailing from some like bot website and sending it uh -huh. out to random people, but definitely have intention behind it. Um, And definitely just come in wanting to learn more come in like you can you can email anybody and just ask for like help because I think that anybody is willing to give advice especially if they've like you know been able to make it so far in their career at a very young age like they definitely want to help other people out and I think that especially if they come from Rutgers I think that they know how hard it is to kind of like network and learn more about the industry and get people who are helpful just because you're coming from a school who's like that's not it's not looked down by other people but you know like you're definitely going to take a Harvard over a Rutgers most days, which is unfortunate, but it's true. So I think that if you find someone who's in the same role that you want to be in, who also went to Rutgers, they're more than willing to help you out and more than willing to help you figure out what is that you want to do. That's cool. So in these calls, what do you really talk about? How do you start? And what are some of the things that you um, communicate with them about? Yeah, so one of, I definitely thank them in the beginning. I think that that's something that I always remember to do. Okay. Just be like, uh -huh. very show your gratitude. Make sure that they know that you know that they're very busy and they're taking the time out of their day. So say thank you, kind of like introduce yourself, introduce what you do at school, what, you, what you're interested in, then, you know, give them a chance for them to introduce themselves. And then I go into like general questions like, why that specific bank, why that specific role, you know, stuff like favorite part of the job, what does a normal day look like? And then if there's something specific that impacts their role or their bank, kind of ask them about that, kind of ask them about how like the current market, how the current economy is kind of like impacting their role, like especially when it came time to like March when SVB was falling first Republic, like all that stuff. Like if you're talking to someone who's involved in that, which most of the times if they're involved in front office, like it was a major thing for them that I would you know love to ask them about that because that's also something something that you can't really get from the news like you can't really get like a first person mm -hmm. account of like how things are affecting their desk and how things are affecting their daily routine so like just honestly things that you can't really read off of a website is something that I would ask them about anything that you're curious about like obviously if they're an MD and you're like oh like so like yeah I don't know what kind of question that you wouldn't ask an MD. Let me think about it. Like, like you wouldn't ask them like what they were involved in at Rutgers and how the recruiting process okay. went because like that was like 20 years ago for them. Like they, you know, they one have like much better things to kind of like do and like to like, it's not really relevant to them or to you because like, what is that information going to give you? Like, honestly, nothing. Um, so I think that like just being just being very like understanding of their time as well as trying to get information that you wouldn't be able to get if you didn't talk to them. Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So have you ever, and how do you get a referral from any of these calls? 
Um, honestly, I've never gotten a referral from these phone calls. I, if I'm being honest, I don't really know how to because I, I don't like thinking of these calls as like very transactional. I like, I like to be, you know, kind of just like understand more about what they do, kind of form like a real connection. That I, that sounds really horrible because I know that like, if you get a referral, it's because someone really likes you and because someone really wants to help out. But I've never straight up asked for one because I think that. Um, I don't want to like toe that line of like being like, oh, like the entire reason that I've been constantly reaching out to you is just to get that referral and to kind of get my foot in the door through you. I think that if you do end up wanting a referral, it should be something that comes naturally from their side because, you know, once again, like they're the ones who are like, it's, you don't want to kind of show that it's a very much one-sided relationship but at the end of the day I think that you do have to understand that like you are the only one benefiting from this call and from that relationship like the person that you're calling or talking to has already made it where they want to be in life and they're not really going to get gain anything from talking to like a college student or like a high school graduate so making sure that you're not like showing that you want something out of the call and you just kind of want to like understand more so have any of these uh, networks paid off later yeah I think that um they always pay off like it's besides like the information that you're able to get it's always nice to have someone on the other side um kind of like rooting for you kind of like letting you know like they can help you with interviews sometimes they can help you like you know just with like connecting you with other people or just telling you when job openings open up or you know because they've they like you know in, in like the weirdest way possible like not only do they know things because they are in like the position that you want but they've also like know things because they've been in your position too so like they they've seen everything so they kind of know how to like operate and how to help you out so I hope that answers your question but like yeah, yeah they they no, pay off. Yeah. yeah sorry you can finish what you're saying I'm sorry oh no that I was just nothing so what do you what did you do or are doing at the day-to-day at Bank of America? Yeah, so um at Bank of America, I'm a business analyst right now and I work on the accessibility team. So a lot of it is just looking at all the internal external applications of Bank of America, ensuring that they're up to standards with web accessibility guidelines, our guidelines, and looking a lot of like risk management and making sure that everything is kind of up to standards. So it's a normal day. I get in at around like 8 30 um if I have I my call there's no like specific structure to the day um you know I read the news from like 8 to 9 o'clock or 8 30 9 30 8 30 9 o'clock um get some work done I have a few projects that I'm working on um just kind of run through those if I have any calls throughout the day take those um and then yeah just finish my work have a call with my manager a lot of the times um do that there's nothing really specific I think that it's also very different for me because I'm an intern so like I have like a lot less of like a structured role or like a structured like schedule because every day is kind of different especially when it comes to like a lot of times we have intern events and you know like different programs and stuff like that so just a lot of like doing projects when you're not on projects you're kind of going on calls just figuring out as much as you can do during the day and finishing that up and then by the time it gets five o'clock close your laptop get out of there that sounds really fun actually 
Um, let's talk about the interview that you you've done to take that position in Bank of America. Was it more like leaning towards the technicals or did you like the story about yourself that like, you kind of like have to practice in the mirror or was it like a behavioral interview or what kind of interview did you have for Bank of America? Um, I would say it was a mix of both. Um, something weird that I, it just never happens, but for my interview, they never asked me my tell me about yourself, um, which is like crazy because I, I was like, they always do. So like, you know, in every single other interview I've, I've had, they always ask me my tell me about yourself. So like, it was kind of crazy that like she kind of, my first interviewer, she got on the phone and she just got right into it. Nothing really about like, tell me about yourself, which was, it wasn't bad and it wasn't good, but it just caught me off guard. Yeah. So that was kind of that was weird, yeah. Um, but my first interview was a mix of behavioral and technical. Um, I want to say it was like a fifteen minute, fifteen minute split. Um, she asked me like, "Tell me about a time where you, oh God, I can't even remember. It was so long ago. Like, tell me about your biggest strengths. Tell me about a time you did this. Tell me about a time you did that." And then she asked me a few technicals about relating to um like technology and stuff like that because this is, like, this is a technology role so ask me about oh god I'm forgetting but I think what she asked me um honestly I'm blanking it was it was like honestly a year and a half ago but um she asked me two or three technicals and then she asked me a um like a critical thinking question like I guess what is the name for that question but like a like a riddle I guess she was like oh if you have four quarters on a scale and you have to like figure out which quarter weighs different like how would you do that in like three turns um so just stuff like that just making sure that you have like critical thinking skills understanding that you can kind of like have understanding you know are a normal person. Um, my second interview was entirely behavioral, just a bunch of tell me about a time you had to like give up efficiency to do this, tell me about a time that you had to lead. Um, very much just like making sure that you're an operational person, just have skills or willing to learn. I think that's something really important during these interviews is that um it's something that helps me is that I remember that it's more of a conversation like you obviously want to sound professional you want to sound like you know what you're doing but you don't want to sound like a robot and you have these answers memorized so just make it flow like a conversation like they're not like grilling you on anything they just want to know more about you and if you've made it to like an interview round or you've made it to like a final round they want you you just have to kind of solidify that understanding and solidify that feeling within them so you know you don't have to prove yourself you just have to like stay the same level that they think you are Mm -hmm. I see. So, Kushi, if you had four quarters on a scale, how would you measure the one with different weight on um in three turns? Oh God. Um. Okay. So this is what I answered. So basically, the way that it works is that if you have a scale, I would um split my quarters into half and then put them on either side of the scale and then see which one weighs more or less, and then I would take apart that second pile and then I'll put them on the scale and whichever scale is leaning I guess more down is the one that weighs the most yeah okay so that I see why you landed Bank of America 
But seriously, thank you so much for giving me almost an hour of your time on the podcast. And thank you again for coming out. Yeah, of course. This was fun. I'm happy to answer any more questions that you have. But yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you, Kushi. Of course.